everybody, Don Kendrick here with some good news. And the good news is that you're only going to hear good news here. I am a repurposed news reporter and I am finally doing the stories that have been burning in my heart for so long. They're stories that uplift, encourage, and inspire. And they are real and they're raw and they're vulnerable. They're the good stuff stories. And we see it over and over again that through it all, through the middle of our biggest challenges, together we can, together we will. Let's go see the good and be the good. On your market set, let's go. Good morning, Good Stuff family. Welcome to the best part of waking up is waking up. Uh, we come to you every Friday to chat about what's been on our agendas and our minds and our hearts and our souls all week and to talk about these stories that we release every Monday now. Our series is called the uh, God at Work series and we're going to preview today uh, a fantastic interview that I had with John O'Leary who's a bit of a household name in St. Louis for sure and is um really well known for living intentionally and living in the moment. Like he comes from a background where he was burned in a fire at nine years old, hundred percent of his body wasn't even expected to live. And yet he did. And he spends the rest of his life now talking about how God uses us one person at a time and how we can in fact live inspired. So we're going to, uh, tap into that interview a little bit later on. But the first thing I want to do this morning is um, bring in, it, also, if you're listening, would you mind to comment? Just give us a shout out so we can see who who is on here. That's how we do the conversation part of this is if you guys can weigh in on the comments. But to start out this morning, if I could, um, a time hop popped up from seven years ago, I think it was, um, when I was working at Channel 3, and it was a snowy day where everyone takes off work and heads home early, and, you know, the big storm's coming in. Everyone's out on assignment for their live shots, and I am a nightside reporter, so I'm waiting for my photographer who is in the parking lot shooting a live shot with another reporter. And so I'm waiting. I'm the only person at my desk because everybody's out, you know, it's snowmageddon. And our chief photographer at the time, Adam, comes in and he said, there is a couple outside making a donation and I feel like you should interview them. I mean, how awesome that they came out in the snow to make a donation in our lobby. So I'm setting this up right now. Why were they there to make the donation, you ask? Well, thanks to Travi, uh, we have this story to bring you. Again, it's the one that we did at Channel 3. That was a blessing. And I still say it was because of this, things like this, how I met Megan and Greg Clifford. Here you go. Last week, we told you about a plea from East Cleveland firefighters for a family who lost everything in a fire. Compassion has been showing up in the form of donations at Channel 3's front door for a week now. And last Friday, a story we never saw coming showed up as well. Channel 3's Don Kendrick has a follow-up. 
Last Wednesday, the Perkins family's home and everything they owned up in smoke. Mom and dad, three kids, alive, grateful, but with nothing but the clothes on their backs. Then, this social media plea from East Cleveland firefighters after they put the fire out. We're going to need to see if we can get some support for them. And then the good stuff came rolling in. Boxes and bags of new clothes for the kids. Oh my God, my kids, they're going to be so happy. Even toys to replace the Christmas gifts that went up in smoke, all in a week's work. And to see people just support you and just be so generous and open their hearts, you know, and just show you so much compassion. I'm just so grateful for that. Gratitude, gratitude, gratitude. Help out where you can. We saw the story and I was passing a store. I was like, well, you know, why not pick something up? Every little bit helps. Megan and Greg Clifford, not even from here, from Virginia, waiting out hopeful days since August to be close to the Cleveland Clinic. He's waiting for a transplant. Help. You're waiting on a donor? Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're crying. <laughs> you're welcome. I wasn't expecting that at all. Gratitude. How many of us were grateful today that all of our insides work? Greg, waiting on a donor, is grateful for each day. It's a lot longer than a typical kidney or liver. Why is that just out of curiosity? The amount of organs I need. I need stomach, pancreas, duodenum, and intestines. And I'm difficult. I'm a B positive blood type. I say it means he just has to be positive. So we are being positive with the Cliffords now. This is why I mean all of the things that we cannot script. We're writers and we can't script this. I hope it comes back to you tenfold, my new friend. Thank you so much. And just think. It all started with a firefighter who chose compassion after the fire was out. Thank you, Cleveland. WKYC.com, if you would, please, to share this story. We're hoping far and wide. Or you can find the link on Twitter at Don Kendrick TV 3 Greg knows, of course, that gift that's going to save his life will come at the expense of someone else's loved one, someone who chooses that important life choice with their organ donation. But his story, we think, is just so worth sharing. I'm hoping we can help him out. Yeah, no, pretty incredible. We're all hoping we can help him out, certainly. Absolutely, and what generosity they showed. They, they certainly mm -hmm. did, and we, even everyone who works here were so surprised of all the elements that had to happen for this, you know, people were leaving at three o'clock in the afternoon. Right. This couple showed up and Adam just happened to be in the foyer. Mm -hmm. I just happened to be here. The photographer was right. on a snowy day. We just feel like this story was meant to be, and uh, I can't wait for the follow-up, hopefully, that he gets that life-saving gift and that the Perkins mm -hmm. are back on their feet. Certainly. All right, Don. Yep. Thank you. So I want to remind you, too, if you're listening to this in podcast mode, you can go to thegoodstufffamily.com to see that story. Um, we have links to our YouTube page there where we do this video. The Friday mornings are mostly our podcast mode, but we have some video in there. And then on Mondays is when we drop our God at Work series. Um, so you can find all of that at thegoodstufffamily.com. But so how about that? Greg and Megan Clifford, they just showed up, not by accident. I call it divine design, not mine. And it was so meant to be because we've been friends ever since. And the best stuff that came out of all of those years were the people that I met. Again, the people who you meet and you know that your life is going to be better for keeping them close because of just the good mojo, the good hearts, the good souls. Um, Jan, good morning. 
Wow, a God sign. What a good stuff story. You're right, Jackie. Good morning. Because it was a good stuff story. And we had it every once in a while. We got to tell them on TV, right? And the fact that they opened up that lobby, Channel 3 was willing to do that so people could drop off donations. It was it was it was the good stuff. And they are the good stuff, Greg and Megan Clifford. So much so that I would love to bring you an update. So I'm going to bring them in this morning. Good morning, Greg and Megan. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, sunshines. So, uh, the, what, what are you thinking when you're watching that? It feels like yesterday. <laughs> it brought a tear to my eye, remembering that. I yeah. hope the family's doing well. Yeah, I was wondering, how. have you heard from them? Are they doing all right? Are they back on their feet? Yes. And you know, I called. I called the uh, my friend who is an East Cleveland firefighter to see if he's still in touch with them. And he was not. So I need to dig a little deeper and try and find them for sure because that's a great another layer. And you know what? It doesn't surprise me. You guys have so much update to tell. And the very first thing you both say is how is the family? Like you guys are the real deal, genuine, good stuff. And you showed up. Literally, you showed up at that station and you showed up for a family you didn't even know. And lo and behold, the couple who stands on faith. You want to give us an update since then, Greg? Kind of a spoiler alert, but because you're <laughs> you're with us now, so you're here. But go yeah. give us an update in the um in the process that happened since I met you and what you've been through, and then we'll we'll give the most recent update. Okay, so I believe that was around that story ran around Christmas time, 2017. Um, my wife and I were, I guess, transient at the time. We didn't expect to be up in Cleveland for more than a year or two. And here we are 2023 and we're still here. Um, so yeah, we were, um, living on the Cleveland clinic campus and, uh, this transplant that I'm waiting on took a lot longer than we thought, as you saw the complexities in the story of everything that needs to line up. So, um, I think after the year 2020, we decided to move here, um, just make this place home because we absolutely love the people here. It's, it's a great town coming from the DC area. We have more friends and family here than I feel like we did living in DC our entire lives. Um, so that was not as hard of a transition as I thought it would be. It's great. I, I still love living up here. We're on the West side and it's great. So I think it's been just over two years now in, in, um, in March, uh, 28th of 2021, I got the call uh, for my transplant and it was one of those surreal moments. Like I just shot out of bed and, you know, praise God and everything and told Megan that I got the call. But then in the back of our mind, it's been grilled in your head on a transplant. Be like, Hey, I mean, we're, we're, the organs are viable and we still have to go look for them or go look at them. The doctors do. And even then it might not be a good fit when they get me in the operating room. So they always have a backup person, a backup patient. So in case you're not prime for this, the other person will at least get these organs. So I still had a long road ahead of me that day and um, got to the hospital at like seven in the morning or something. And I think I went in the operating room 
about nine or 10 that night. And, um, you know, just thinking of my family, loved ones, friends, and praying to God. And thankfully I woke up the next day or two days later, a completely new man. I had my transplant, um, with the graciousness of that unfortunate, uh, family that had to lose their family member um, and they donated these organs to me and gave me new life but um, yeah it was uh, late March of 2021 and so far my road to recovery has been fairly smooth I had a couple of hiccups regular hospitalizations for the first year uh, typically the things you don't hear about transplants afterwards um, I haven't had the uh, horrible setbacks of organ failure or rejection or anything like that, thankfully, but there are still medical things I'm going through on a regular basis. But uh, yeah, we're, we're still here, um, not leaving this area at all, love it here, and um, continue to make connections and stay in contact with great people every day in our lives up here. So, yeah. Yeah, and you are two of my most favorite people, and so I'm glad that you're staying. And I can only imagine how many other lives you have impacted. Uh, we're going to talk about John O'Leary in a little bit when he talks about live inspired. I mean, that's what you were doing. You were inspired. Megan, you said be positive. Of course he's be positive mm -hmm. blood type. Of course. <laughs> Right. So look at you guys. Now we have the picture up again, the goodstufffamily.com. You guys both look fantastic. Megan, when you hear him recount all of that, tell me what your heart's feeling right now. That I'm so happy and thankful that he got his transplant. It was really hard because it was during COVID and I literally just dropped him off at the front door of the hospital. I wasn't allowed in. That was the most probably the loneliest walk of my life, walking oh from my, my car gosh. through the main campus of the Cleveland Clinic Hospital alone. And it was early oh. in the morning on a Sunday, so no one's there but me. And I did not know this caveat to the story. Yeah. Wow. It was <gasps> hard. But yeah, sorry. Go You're fine. So yeah, it was a hard road um, to go through. Mm. Just because... When you're there, you can at least ask people questions and find out what's going on. But I was kind of at the mercy of waiting until I got the call that it was starting or that it was completed or how things were going. And <clears throat> so when I got the call and it was about 730 in the morning the next day saying that it all went well, I was so relieved and mm. happy and Still mm. sad because I couldn't be there. I mean, mm. but it all worked out the way God intended for it. And Amen. Miracle worker. Yep. And Greg is And again, the donor. Oh my gosh, it's so important. And the humility that you have, Greg, and recognizing that it was someone's loss that um, gave you a second chance at life. It's all it's all these layers of this good story. Greg, when you said you walked the loneliest walk, it hit, it occurs to me that was your footprints. That was your version version of the footprints poem. Absolutely. When I walked, you know, like the footprints mm -hmm. in the sand, right? Where there oh, were only yeah. one set of footprints and yep. it was because he was carrying you. Yeah. Um so right. We say see the good for others, be the good for them. Look at what you did. You saw the good in this family. 
you were the good for them. And lo and behold, someone who made that decision to be a donor was the lifesaver good stuff for you. So we just, we celebrate that family. And speaking of family, oh my gosh, I can hardly even, I'm going to need a tissue again. What, uh, what's the latest? I'll be seeing you guys tomorrow. Well, Megan, anyway, what's, <laughs> what's the latest update? My beautiful couple friends who I love. We are expecting our first child now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> a little boy. Yeah. He's doing uh two months in mid July and, um, yeah, right now it's our first child because we had to put that on hold for my medical issues. So uh, we're finally clear of that. And yeah, we're expecting a little boy in the middle of Ju July. Looking forward to the bright future. Absolutely. Amen. God at work. That's it. It's three words. God at work. And he continues in the in the moments that we don't have the answers, he continues to to show up and in the way that you showed up for others, you know, strangers. So that's what's going to be on my to-do list. I'm going to add it to the list to try and find that family. And maybe we have a little reunion and you could introduce your baby to their kids. Hey, maybe they could be babysitters. They're probably old <laughs> enough now. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, is there anything else you guys want to add? I I'm so grateful for you. Um, I, that's, I believe that was it. Yeah. Just okay. thank you for having us yeah, on. Absolutely. Yeah. Great. Oh, job. I can't wait to see you guys again. Yeah. We're really looking forward to seeing you at the baby shower tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you'll be there too, Craig. Yeah, I'll be there. Excellent. Excellent. Okay, guys. Uh, I love you so much. You could hang in here if you'd like, if you want to, you want to continue to be my guest for the rest of the thing and weigh in on it or, or do you need to get going? Yeah, we've got to do some last minute things and get ready for actually tomorrow and maybe for that. Sorry. Well, Bob. I appreciate your time so much and I'll, thank you I'll see you us and Thank you everyone. Glad you can uh, to partake in our story. Thank you so much. You guys are the best. Okay. God bless you. God bless. Bye. Okay. So that is, that's my inspiration story today. The couple who is living inspired what John O'Leary preaches and lives um, this is going to be our guest on the story that will drop Monday at noon Eastern. I want to give you a little preview of John O'Leary. He wrote the number one bestseller book, On Fire. He also had a book since then in all, but the On Fire book is the one that I can't get enough of. I keep going back and reading chapters, and I thought maybe I could share this one with you guys, this chapter and a quick soundbite from him, but my... Great Aunt Dorothy used to always try to read to us and be like, oh, for the love, she's reading the Reader's Digest to again, and she's crying, and she's emotional, and and here I am trying to read to people now. I'm like, I am Great Aunt Dorothy. But so if you would bear with me here, I'm going to read you a little excerpt. This is um, a chapter that he wrote, again, from the book. You know what? Let me put this up here. I can put it up here. I still have the picture. He, his book is called On Fire. Again, he was burned, severely burned over a hundred percent of his body. This is his book. And now he is a speaker. He's an author. He had to have fingers amputated there. Um, but he's uh, an example of living inspired. So here's, here's a little excerpt from the power of one. <clears throat> I have a simple rule. 
don't argue with nuns. I learned this rule gradually from the many nuns I've come across through grade school while I was sick in the hospital and in my years as a chaplain. A simple nun once wrote, I alone cannot change the world, but I can cast a stone across the water to create many ripples. This quote comes from an impoverished, frail Albanian lady who took a train to one of the poorest countries in the world, sought out the poorest city, ventured into the poorest alleys, and began quietly serving those she found there. You know who this is? Who Want to guess in the comments? I know you guys know. You have to know. Um, one by one, she fed, held, humanized, and loved the people she served. She attracted others to her cause. A movement began. Now, the order she founded, the Missionaries of Charity, claims 4,500 religious sisters serving in more than 130 countries around the world. Even though their leader is gone, the order she began continues to care for refugees, children, lepers, people with AIDS, the aged, and the dying. They are a mighty agent for good in a world starved for it because of one woman. Volumes have been written on Mother Teresa. Books share her childhood, conversion, challenges, passion, love, faith, and even how she wrestled with doubt much of her life. But let there be no doubt about this. Her life is an example of the truth that one life can and always does change the world. We need not travel to India to find examples. We all have examples in our own lives if we look for them. After I finish presenting, individuals often approach and share their personal stories. They share stories of how their lives were improved because men and women, ordinary people, supported, offered encouragement, and took action. Again, I'm reading an excerpt from John O'Leary's book, On Fire. One week, I was invited to speak three different times by three different organizations over three consecutive days. The locations were in New York, Missouri, and Illinois. And after each, people lined up to share their stories, and the individuals had positively impacted them along their, their journey. Well, in New York, a man told the story of being at JFK Airport years ago, ordering his lunch and preparing to pay for it. And then he heard a deep, gravelly voice from just behind him in line. I'll get his lunch. He turned around to see a man he thought he recognized. The stranger introduced himself as Jack Buck. You guys, I'm from St. Louis. Again, another household name in St. Louis, Jack Buck. He's the legendary Cardinals announcer who's passed now. But um, so, yeah, so Jack Buck, actually, let me put another picture up, came to John O'Leary's bedside when he was nine years old in the hospital and said, you're going to make it, kid when he could even open his eyes, but he heard Jack Buck and he was a huge Cardinal fan as all like all boys are in St. Louis. And he said he envisioned himself playing shortstop with the Cardinals. And now he's lost digits, fingers, and he's been burned. And here Jack Buck supports him through this whole thing. I'm pretty sure I had a picture in here. Um, A, a kid here, he was pulling for this kid. And there he is with him grown up. Again, goodstufffamily.com if you want to see these visuals. But when Jack Buck met him, this is what this is what John O'Leary looked like. Nine years old, you guys. Nine years old. Burned over 100% of his body. And um, Jack Buck ended up giving him all when he graduated from St. Louis University. He gave him his Hall of Fame, this crystal... This ball, this is his um, 
MLB Hall of Fame ball, gave it to him. Again, these are things probably no one really ever knew. He flew under the radar in his kindness, Jack Buck. So this is a story of, within a story, of another man who was amazing. And because he wanted to encourage John O'Leary to learn how to write with no fingers, or, um, you know, with his, he had to learn to adapt with what he had left, he had... Ozzie Smith, Ozzie Flippin' Smith, who, again, I grew up in St. Louis. He was a beloved shortstop for the Cardinals. And he had him sign a ball, a baseball. and But only if John O'Leary would write to him and ask him for it. So he couldn't believe he got the ball. He wrote, he said, why don't you try another one? Who else? Look, I see Stan Musial on there. Who else do you need? Who else would, every time he wrote a letter, he got a ball back. So he was encouraging him to learn how to write. I mean, just just amazing. This is his brother, Jim, who saved him in the fire or otherwise he wouldn't even be with us. So anyway, I, I took a little detour there about how important um, Jack Buck is to this little kid right there. See, there's a St. Louis hat and to this now adult who uh, is married and has beautiful kids and, and is inspiring people all over. That is the good stuff out of the really crappy stuff. And his mom and dad, beautiful couple, so inspirational, tough love. It's There's so many layers of it, and you can hear it all on Monday. But anyway, Jack handed payment to the cashier for that man behind him in line. The man shared that he was a diehard Mets fan, but that day he stopped hating the Cardinals and started loving Jack Buck. It was awesome hearing another example of how Jack Buck lit up someone's day. You guys, we can do that. We can all do that. We can light up someone's day. Super easy. Even if the guy was a Mets fan. The following day in Missouri, a man came up and talked about his years as a starving artist, struggling so mightily that he took a job painting houses. He made just over minimum wage. On a hot summer day, while he was painting second floor windows, again, if you're just joining us, I'm reading uh, from John O'Leary's On Fire bestseller book. Uh, hot summer day, while he was painting second floor windows on a house, a raspy voice called him down from the ladder and insisted he take a break. The man who owned the house invited the painter to take his break inside and cool off. While drinking lemonade at Jack Buck's kitchen table, Russell Irwin shared that he loved painting but preferred canvas to window sashes. He shared his frustration and his inability to showcase his talent to the world. Here's this guy. He had so much talent. He just needed his person. He needed his one person to believe in him. Jack listened, asked questions, paid attention, and came up with a plan. Jack invited the artist to create a painting of all the St. Louis Cardinals Hall of Famers. They made 250 copies, sold them for charity. The efforts raised more than $500,000, and it also launched Russell Irwin's career. I couldn't believe it. Jack, John O'Leary wrote another story of Jack Buck and the way he could change people's lives in the simplest ways. That's it, you guys. That's it. Finally, the following day after I spoke in Illinois, a man approached me, talked about his first time speaking to a group of his peers. He was to speak in front of 400 colleagues to give opening remarks at a sales meeting. Prepared with notes, he marched up to the podium, looked at the crowd, back to his notes, and completely froze. I'm putting Jack Buck's picture back up here. Hang on. Here we go. Um, the man was simply unable to speak. There was a long, awkward silence. Oof, 
Can you guys relate? A mumble of scattered laughing came from around the room. And then a white-haired man walked up from the audience, came over to the podium. You're looking at the white-haired man right now if you're watching via video right now. Who was it? It was Jack Buck. And he put his arm around the speaker. He read the first line of his notes. And he said, okay, kid, I think you've got it from here. The stage fright and gentleman delivered his remarks. And he told me it was a turning point in his career and life. This kind act was a turning point, changed the trajectory because now he's COO of the organization and he's emceed the gala for each of the past 13 years. He credits his success to an inflection point. That's what John O'Leary calls these moments early in his career when words wouldn't come, when everyone else remained silent, and when Jack Buck stepped forward. One person taking simple actions, changing the lives of others. Jack was extremely successful professionally. He was a Hall of Fame announcer, beloved in his community, both for his voice and his charm. For decades, he was the top play-by-play announcer in all of sports. Yet after getting to know the man, meeting his kids, speaking with his wife, and hearing stories of his impact from others all around the country, I am convinced I know the secret to his success. This is it, you guys. If you're taking notes, his life wasn't about him. It was just that simple. He didn't keep score. His work wasn't about his earning power. His time wasn't about what he could get. Renown is a celebrity. He had no ego. That's it. He paid attention to others around him and he took action to make their lives better. Just like Greg and Megan Clifford, you guys. His actions weren't loud. They weren't overly heroic and they weren't that costly, but by his consistent investment in others, the ripple effect of his life radiates outward long after his death. Reading from John O'Leary's On Fire book again here. Jack certainly chose to lead a radically inspired life. That's what John O'Leary is all about. He is the perfect example of of the sixth choice in action. This book profiles seven. And this one is, time to take notes if you are, this this choice in action, love it. The key to true greatness in life is to choose to pursue significance over success. That's it. Significance over success. Jack Buck sought significance and in doing so, he attracted success. So that's most of the chapter there. I want to keep an eye on the time here and be be respectful of your time. But that's the inspiration for today of Living Inspired, Joe O'Leary, John O'Leary and Joe Buck, the story within John's story. And I'm going to let you really quickly just listen to a little snippet of the interview um, that we had with John O'Leary. I'm going to find it here. Do you guys want to weigh in on the comments quickly? Think people who've inspired you maybe in the same way, one person who's been, who saw the good in you and was the good for you. That's how we, we communicate here. Yep. Jan, Jan and Jackie. Yeah. You guessed mother Teresa early on. Okay. So here, let me just let you hear really quickly the a little snippet of the interview that we did with John O'Leary. I tell you that it is such an honor, a blessing, and a joy to have you join us. Um, I can't even um, begin really to explain it in words. I'm just grateful. And I know that you celebrate gratitude as well. 
Well, just to play off that for a moment, those two characteristics, okay. humility and gratitude. Uh, I'm not exhibit A of it, but I, I, I long for it. And so I, I look in the mirror every day, Don, and I'm underwhelmed by what I see staring back at me. I'm, I'm broken physically and I make mistakes professionally and say the wrong things on podcasts and to my family all the time. But through grace, uh, the story has been used for good. And like that, that just blows my mind. And so then because of that, I'm so grateful for this life and for this work and for the chance at a new day. So the, the, the two words you use in that, the setup of that question, I love them. Humility and gratitude. So we're, you know, guys, we're all speaking the same language. And uh, so that's Monday at noon Eastern. The interview drops with John O'Leary. I want to close this out quickly. When we say God at work, that's the series. He's a perfect, perfect interview for that segment. God at work. I want to show you something quickly on the way out for Mother's Day in St. Louis. My niece and nephew and I. Uh, went to visit my mama's grave at Jefferson Barracks. She's buried with my dad there. Some um, 255,000 headstones there. If my my nephew Brady was correct, that was his research. I didn't verify it, but um, I go and I forgot. There's her headstone. TheGoodStuffFamily.com. If you listening podcast and want to see these visuals, look at what it says right there. Got it work. It's right there on her headstone. I forgot that that we put that in Philippians 2.13 on there. And as I'm sitting there with my niece and nephew, I realized this tombstone behind my parents is Edwin Oscar Caston, um, U.S. Navy. My dad was also Navy. I was born in Charleston, South Carolina, while he was on a submarine. But Edwin Oscar Cast Edwin Oscar Caston. His headstone is behind them. He was in World War II. And what does it say, you guys? I took a picture of it because it 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 so spoke to me. Great man and storyteller, loved by all. Great man and storyteller, loved by all. I first thought that would be perfect on John O'Leary's headstone. And I'm really, I couldn't ask for anything more myself. How, just so few words, great man and storyteller, the only thing I've lived to be and love to do. And it says loved by all. What a great headstone. I snapped a picture. Are you ready for this? You want to talk about God at work? Don't tell me that my mom wasn't there. Minutes later, asked my niece and nephew as my witnesses, their mouths were wide open. Who walks up behind us? This is Edwin's daughter bringing flowers. Look at all those headstones behind 255,000 headstones, according to Brady. And in the half hour we're there, this new friend, Barb, walks up and says, this is her dad. He, they're going to write a book about um, the things that he wrote. He was such a great storyteller. Come on. Come on. I was like, Mama, God is so good sometimes. It's impossible to miss the message. And y'all, what's on her shirt? What could possibly be on the shirt she picked to wear that day? A sea turtle. And the people who follow the Good Stuff family know that that is my friend Cheryl who passed away at 44 years old um, from liver cancer. And in all the chemo I went to with her and, and she was with me through that whole time where my contract wasn't renewed. And what did she say? Donnie, I need you to be the turtle. I need you to strengthen your flippers. No one's going to be able to carry you from the beach to the ocean to where you're going to hit your stride. 
but you got to strengthen your own flippers to get there. <sighs> Huge. So now I feel like Cheryl is there, my mama, my papa, Edwin, <laughs> you know, like the angels. It's in, unmistakable. I can't believe that that was an accident. I believe it was God at work. I believe it's my mama weaving bigger than ever in partnership with God up there now. And some people might think I'm cray cray, maybe a bit, but I choose to believe. I believe. So there's the inspiration for today. You guys are my inspiration. Thank you um, for showing up for this Good Stuff family. Thegoodstufffamily.com, if you're just hearing this podcast for the first time, where we say together we can, together we will, and God weaves, now watch him work. I'll leave you on one last note. Today is the day that I'm going to start juicing. If you listen <laughs> regularly, I said that like a month ago. It was Travi's idea. I'm going to start today as sure as I'm sitting here. So prayers up. It's time to start um, putting better things in my body. So here's the verse that I'm leaving you with you all today. It says, no, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead forgetting the past <laughs> and the past where I failed at, um, you know, at this juicing project and then looking forward to the future. So what is it that you want to get on today? What is it? Today is a gift and it's never too late to get on it. What is it? Let's do it together. And um, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. So now I just have to figure out if anyone knows, you could text me how to juice bananas once they're already in the banana bread. That's my, that's my question for today. I love y'all and I appreciate you more than you know, and we'll see you um, back here next Friday, but don't forget again, John O'Leary's interview on Monday, this Monday, it drops at noon Eastern. And if you would share, 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 click subscribe and and um, share as much as you could. I'd be so grateful. That's the only way we're going to grow this Good Stuff Family 2023. So grateful for you, and I hope you have a blessed weekend. This has been a Grassroots Good Stuff Family production. Big love and gratitude to our friend Carlos Jones, who is the talented voice and creator behind this music that sets the tone for these good stuff stories. Huge gratitude and love as well for our social media director. She is Danielle Folk and is consistently going above and beyond. Follow her at Farmhouse Storyteller. And to the producer, my Travi, the glue that holds together the moving parts of this God-inspired endeavor. TheGoodStuffFamily.com is where you'll find links for all the things we're doing, including how to be a sponsor of a story. So grateful for our faithful sponsors who have already made so much of what we do possible. And of course, big love and gratitude for you, the listeners, helping to grow this Good Stuff Family Tree 2023. Welcome to the family.